Hi everyone, welcome back to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast. We will cover ankle pain in this podcast, focusing on epidemiology, mechanisms of injury, types of injuries, diagnosis, and management of the lesions. Number one, epidemiology. Ankle pain is one of the most common symptoms seen in the primary care offices and emergency departments. Most injuries are sustained during sports or active physical activities. In addition, the incidence of ankle sprain is higher in adult females compared to males. Mechanisms and types of injuries. There are two considerations to keep in mind. The first is the foot's position during the injury, and the second is what structures of the foot are compromised. Interestingly, the foot can be mainly positioned into inversion or eversion during an injury. During inversion, the sole is facing inwards, and a lesion while in this foot position would likely injure the structures being stretched, meaning the lateral ligaments of the ankle. Usually, the foot is also oriented in plantar flexion during these events. I hope that makes sense to you. The anterior talofibular and calcaneofibular ligaments are the most commonly injured. During eversion, the sole faces outwards. Therefore, stress is put into the medial structures of the ankle. The medial deltoid ligament is the strongest in the ankle and is usually not injured. However, Fractures of the medial malleolus can occur with eversion of the foot. Another mechanism is the high ankle sprain or syndesmotic injury, an injury of the tibiofibular syndesmosis formed by the anterior and posterior inferior tibiofibular ligaments and the interosseous membrane. This structure links the distal ends of the tibia and fibula. Other lesions include ankle fractures, acute calcaneal fractures, acute achilles, tendon rupture, and sinus tarsis syndrome. Number two, clinical manifestations. Pain, swelling, inability to walk or move the affected joint are the most common symptoms. It is crucial to determine what was the mechanism of injury and the setting in which those situations occurred. Understanding what happened and how it happened is essential to narrow our differential diagnosis. Number three, physical exam. A careful physical examination should be performed with a particular interest in the inspection, palpation, and maneuvers to determine the ankle lesion. A good practice is to compare both ankles for differences in the characteristics. One should inspect for signs of inflammation such as erythema, edema, deformities, ecchymosis, and nodules. Palpate for signs of warmth, deformities, and pain covering the bony structures such as the malleolar regions lower ends of the tibia and fibula, and hind foot. One should palpate along the Achilles tendon, the talofibular ligament, and other relevant soft tissue structures for deformities, nodularities, or even differences in length or size of the structures. Strength testing should include plantar flexion, dorsiflexion, inversion, and eversion. Some maneuvers include the inversion and eversion stress test, anterior drawer test, cross-leg test, squeeze test, external rotation, and the Thompson test. All these tests could likely be learned better with videos or images. Number four, diagnosis. The diagnosis of the lesions is made by analyzing the data from the history and physical exam in combination with imaging studies that could include x-rays and possibly even MRIs. 
An MRI is particularly needed to detect sub-tissue abnormalities, such as a syndesmotic injury, usually with a positive squeeze test or a positive external rotation stress. MRI can also be needed to diagnose other ligament or tendon tears. Number five, treatment. For most ankle sprains, treatment follows the acronym PRICE for protection, rest, ice, compression, and elevation. Protection can be achieved with braces, boots, or compression grabs. Rest is usually recommended for 72 hours after the initial injury. Ice can be applied for the first seven days. Compression is usually done with compression grabs in the first few days. And elevation of the extremity above the level of the heart can help decrease swelling and also improve mobility. In addition, Support orthosis can be used to help with early weight-bearing and mobility. If a patient has a fracture, dislocation or luxation, syndesmosis injury, a tendon or ligament rupture, a penetrating wound into the joint, or when the diagnosis is uncertain, those patients should be referred to orthopedic surgery or sports medicine. Early functional Rehabilitation can be started once immobilization is discontinued and referral to physical therapy is recommended. Finally, patients with neurovascular compromise usually require an emergency evaluation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow us in Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. See you later.